Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this episode of the Four Center podcast feed is one of our deep dives. We're going to dive deep into a thing that I think we all need sometimes, and that is joy. We're going to be talking about what are the moments from all sorts of different parts of storytelling, from our life, from our toys, from our clothes. What are those moments that just reconnect us to Star Wars joy, where we can put aside any of the the concerns about how is this going to turn out? Did this happen the way I like it? Uh, What are people fighting about on social media? And just get back to the joy. That's what we're going to reconnect with today. Uh, I am excited to go into some joy. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
I'm Ken Napsack, and oh boy, ode to joy indeed. This is uh, this is why we all come to the Star Wars table. This is why we all want to be at the table. There's big discussions. We love going deep into themes, and those always pop up. But yes, why do we love Star Wars? Well, because it brings us great joy. Exactly. And before we get into the joy, here's another joyful thing to say. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, I bet even that Aqualish from the Bad Batch could be listening to a free audiobook download on those great, great space headphones. Uh, this week, we are recommending Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Why? Just because I like that one a lot, and I've been thinking about it. So if you want to give it a listen like that Aqualish, you can download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. And Ken, we have another offer. Oh, there's joy in the offers today. We have another <laughs> offer in the Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books that bring you joy, and that is no lie. They're offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. Check it out with the code F. C35 and a little sub note as always check out that website there's a lot of great game of thrones stuff some other things from around the uh, genre fandom world as well as some wonderful star wars stuff we love working with them because we are customers as well so joseph i'm joyful about that you're joyful about this let's get to joy <laughs> it is time to be joyful uh yeah so we're coming off a week where you know th there was a discussion as happens every once in a while uh, right now in in star wars fandom about uh, the sequel trilogy, I think, is a fandom. We're all still kind of processing very strong opinions about it. It can feel very fresh, but it happens a lot, I think, because people love Star Wars. They therefore get passionate about it, and then that passion can turn into stress when we uh, disagree or, or, or aren't connected in the way we're talking about it. So we thought it was a good time to just look at the kind of touchstone moments that reconnect us to the joy of Star Wars. Now, Ken, for myself, I don't think I'm ever too far away from the joy but every once in a while there's a moment of oh you know uh, uh i'm tired but i'm gotta stay up for this show or i gotta finish this book or wow there's been so much anger on social media today that i that i need to get back to just me as a fan why am i never gonna leave star wars what are those moments for me so that's kind of how i'm i'm processing this episode but I wanted to pitch to you and see what does this mean to you when when I when I pitched reconnecting to Star Wars Joy, what did that mean to you? Uh, it is we always need that reminder uh, in, in fandoms in life, and I, I look. I think you need those those uh, connect to joy moments in your daily life because the world is tough on a on a local level, on a international galaxy level. <laughs> um, we all got our own struggles. We all and and I think it's sometimes I always say just like. A, a deli sandwich can bring me joy and that's great value. Like there's great value in, in just uh, a, a little bite uh, to eat of something you, you love that doesn't erase your problems. It doesn't mean you don't need to figure things out or have big important discussions, but you get to enjoy that little bite for that little moment. <laughs> that's been very valuable to my life. And I just love deli sandwiches. But with Star Wars, yes, going, I mean, going back to the prequels, going back to Empire Strikes Back, we, 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 we know 
there's always been this kind of, uh, uh, dare we say, discourse that uh, can get negative. It seems to be part of being a Star Wars fan. And I hate when I hear someone say, oh, Star Wars fans are the worst. I just don't think that's accurate. But I understand where that comes from. I understand. And nowadays with social media just blowing everything up so fast and so quick, not that there's not great, important, powerful discussions to come out of that stuff or that are raised. It's just the tidal wave of negativity can hit. So for me, to answer your question directly, Joseph, you and I, we research Star Wars, we study it, we read the books, uh, the comics and everything, and we have to take notes and we dive in. It's almost, dare I say, like work. And then there's those moments when the work is done and I'm sitting around maybe having a little dinner and I'm like, well, I want to watch something. Oh, you know what I mean? I'm going to watch Return of the Jedi. I really got to see that. It's real. It's deep. We love it, and and that is why we keep coming back. So we need those reminders. Yes, end monologue. Yeah, it's a great monologue. And now this whole episode, I'm going to be thinking of uh, what are the deli bite moments? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when when are you chewing pastrami? Does that bring you joy? That might not bring everybody joy. Uh, what is your mac and cheese? <laughs> yeah. What is your frozen pizza and a martini for me that bring you joy no matter what? Um right. Yeah, so that's exactly what we're going to discuss. I just kind of, this is not as complicated as some of our, our deep dive episodes. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go through and discuss the moments from, you know, film, TV shows, uh, action figures, uh, convention moments, real life moments, and just kind of go down the list. And you and I are going to d- discuss, share, really, the moments mm-hmm. that just reconnect us to the joy, that strip away all the noise and get back to that personal uh, connection and hopefully hearing us will go through go through these moments. We'll make listeners think of their moments. If you want to share some of your moments of uh, what grounds you in your Star Wars joy, that'd be great. We always invite that. Uh, but with that said, let's start biting these deli sandwiches. <laughs> now I'm hungry. So uh, I, I will accept uh, one answer. I'll happily accept a couple answers. But for you, Ken, this is the big one. We're starting big. What are the moments in Star Wars films that, just strip everything else away and reconnect you to your joy and your fandom. I mean, you know, no one listening thinks you and I are going to have one answer each for these questions. Right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we're not going to spend all day here. Um, so there's definitely, there's, uh, we can dive into prequels and, and original trilogy stuff. And, and I'm sure those are on your list too. Some are on mine as well, but I found a, a real, uh, real interesting psychological test here. When I, when I saw this question, I wrote down my answers, all modern era stuff. And I think that speaks to, the conversations around these movies in this modern era of Disney can sometimes be so bad that I love going back to the movies that are debated right now <laughs> and, and, and just be reminded like, no, I do love these. Cause you know, I'm not talking about like the, the discord, the rancor and the, and the bad tweets and everything. I'm just talking about sometimes you could, someone can bring something up and you're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. There's, there's parts of Canto bite the sequence that maybe don't hit for me as much as maybe they did back then. And you start to go, mate, wait, Oh wait, Maybe I don't like that movie as much. Oh my! And you start getting in your head about this stuff, but then you turn it on and you're like, "Oh God, no! That explosion or that moment, this and that." Finn going, "Come on!" is still one of my favorite moments, and that's the kind of place I went here, Joseph. So I'll just run through, dive through uh, as as you want as, as you lead the conversation here. Uh, Ray on Jakku and Force Awakens, uh, the moment with the bread, the moment, any of the moment, her with that helmet. Mm. Uh, right before she meets BB-8 is one of the most moments of pure joy for that character. I mean, she's got a hard life and she's probably uh, lost in her thoughts a little bit too, but it's also just such a pure moment. It's endearing. I love that. 
uh, that sets off the venture. So when I see that I get excited about what I know to, to come here. Uh, Ray and Kylo uh, slash Ben after the Snoke battle in the throne room. Now that's not an uplifting moment. <laughs> Resistance is being blown out of the, the sky. Um, Ray says Ben and turns around and Ben ain't there. It's Kylo still or Kylo again. But that whole sequence with the the Ray catching the blade, and we we talked about that with Snoke's when you, you you talked about Snoke's death on the recent Star Wars rank we did about our, our our favorite Star Wars deaths. That conversation they have, the big reveal at the time, and the hand coming out and kill the past, that gets it brings me such joy because of the depth. So I'm just like, man, as much as I love the pew 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 and the lightsaber fighting and everything I just saw in Snoke's throne rooms on fire and all these things, that. Those those moments between them, both his characters and his actors, uh, brings me such joy that, oh, God, forget the conversations. The depth here is moving and it's inspiring. And these fables mean things. And that one brings me great joy. Yeah, that's really great. And, and I think a great uh, start to our conversation, because I think the things that bring me joy vary a lot. Right. The things that reconnect mm-hmm. me to my joy of Star Wars are sometimes joyful moments for the characters right sometimes there are moments of great depth but sometimes for me some of my answers are going to be weird it's like this dark horrible moment yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> brings me great joy uh because it is that i connect to the the depth of the storytelling like you're talking about or the moments where um my favorite thing is just that reminder of how weird and pulpy star wars is and how much i just yeah i like reveling in that weirdness and in that this weird uh, world of Star Wars with the the weird creatures and the fantastic noises and just reconnect to that love of the fantastic as well. Um, right. That is such a, especially at a young age of just like that. Oh, wow. You know, I know the real world and look at this world on screen that has all these possibilities and all these adventures and is just fantastic, you know? Uh, yeah. So the, the moment that I always go to, it's always my uh, touchstone is Luke staring at the twin sons. Um, there is so much in that moment. It is such just beautiful uh, storytelling. Um, David Lynch, who I'm a big fan of, I've been watching a lot of these uh, videos that are compiled of him talking about his work. And, and one of the reasons that he always says he doesn't like talking about his work is he he's, he basically kind of makes the argument of like, if I could just say it in words... I would say the words. (laughs) The film is this magic combination of images and sounds and the people who are sitting and watching it in that moment. And altogether, it captures something that can't quite be said in words. And that's why we make film. And I think I can put into words because I have to because we're on a podcast and that's all we have. I can put into words what this uh, moment with Luke staring at the twin sons means. But a part of why it is so meaningful to me and such a, a touchstone of joy is I think it's one of those magic moments of film that is more than the sum of its parts. It's the combination of that music. It's what's been going on in the story right before it. It's about what we know is to come. It's about that we are watching Luke's journey but it's one of those moments that just transcends and is so universal. You don't need to have words for it. You know that feeling of that bittersweet, I'm stuck here, but I want more. And whatever's out there is going to be both thrilling and probably frightening. And all of that is just 
in that moment about dreaming about what's next. So that I think is always going to be my main touchstone. And it's got this element of the fantastic because it's two sons, you know, it's just, it's still, it's still weird and alien at the same time, you know, and it's just so beautiful and so poetic. And, you know, I, I, sometimes the way I get joy from it now is imagining somebody getting, giving the note to cut that, like, what do we learn there? What do we need? It's such a beautiful poetic moment that's there to be beautiful and poetic and make us feel what Luke feels. Mm. Mm. Well said. Love that. Yeah. It, it's, 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 uh, it's so, icon- it's so iconic, but it's like, it's for a reason for many big reasons. That's why it works. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, a couple others for me, um, going to the prequels. I think one moment that just, uh, sparks joy <laughs> is, uh, it's not deeper complex. It is the thrill uh, in in the fantasy of it. I love the the Obi Wan and Darth Maul lightsaber fight. The whole lightsaber fight in Phantom Menace is great, but that phrase where they, I know some people don't like it, but that looks very choreographed because it is choreographed and it is them going through. Does this? Does my opponent know this move? Does my opponent know that move? And it looks like this lightning fast chess game where they're just countering one another's moves but they're doing it with laser swords and it's so fast and it's so cool and there is emotion and story in the scene but for me it is also just that really reconnecting with that basic lightsabers are cool yeah Yeah. (laughs) good guys and bad guys who fight with lightsabers is cool i want to live in this fantasy world and that lightsaber exchange really brings all those core emotions to the surface Oh, I love that. That's that's spectacular. Yes. Uh, and then la- last one for me, because I, I wanted to kind of grab one from each of the, the main uh, uh, trilogies. Um, I think for me, there's many, many moments that I could pick uh, from the sequel trilogy. But I th- it's one where I think it's because we discuss a lot. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of discussion about Rise of Skywalker right now. And, and sometimes I do get caught up in it. Either I get, you know, frustrated or like you were saying, like I go like, yeah, well maybe people have a point about this. Maybe these mistakes were made. And then I sit down and watch the film and I, there's just so much heart and soul in it. And it's because of that, mm-hmm. that the conversation is one thing. My experience to sit down and watch it. And my experience for myself is a different experience in a moment that is packed with just soul and hope, but it's also just kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Those beats where, uh, Palpatine, is trying to break Ray down on her greatest fear. She's alone. She has no family there but him. And then she realizes Ben is there, that shot mm. where she is, knows that she is not alone, followed up by the really just cool space fantasy power of the force, handing him the lightsaber, which then also transitions in this moment of he's finally earned it, but it's also just the cool he's going to kick ass with a lightsaber <laughs> that yeah. that whole phrase of that film goes from the absolute profound to the absolute cool a skywalker's yeah. got a lightsaber uh you know so i yeah. think that moment is a real reconnect to joy for me if i may that that moment work, works so well because i think of of ray and i talked about how, you know here the ray on jakku and force awakens just uh, it's so endearing everything about it meeting bb8 and scratching the days on 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 her little uh, you know apartment inside the attic that's someone who 
felt alone, wanted to connect. Maz says you can't, you're waiting for something that's not going to be there. It's going forward. And, you know, Luke and an adventure, but flash to the moment you're talking about it. This is a girl who thought she was alone the entire time. And, and then she gets friends and she's like, ah, I just, no one's understanding me. And at the end, that smile, the realization that she's not alone in this moment. And it's three films of trying to figure out who's around you, the connections. And she's got Poe, she's got Finn, she's got Leia, she's got Luke in there. But to have been there in that moment, that smile means everything to me. That smile connects to her alone, cooking bread that she fought for portions for to get. It, it, it's a through line. And it, 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 and it gives me chills when I think about it in those terms. Yeah, absolutely well said. There, there's so much there in that moment, but it, it just really uh, speaks to my heart. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of my film moments of joy. Did you have any more film moments or should we move uh, on? In order to, we don't want this to be a three-hour podcast. Um, um, the opening sequences <laughs> of Rise of Skywalker, both Exegol, I love, and you and I did the scene by scene breakdown. It is a horror film in Star Wars. It, and, and I remember in the theater going, oh, we're going right to it. We're not going to wait about, about Palpatine. We're going right to it. And it's got some big reveals or non-reveals, depending on, but I love that sequence. I love it. And then I love going straight into what I call the win the war sequence. And you and I have talked about how you were sitting behind me and you knew, you knew I'd love the win the war. <laughs> but here's what I love about it. Why it does all the discussion about Rise of Skywalker starts to fade away with me the moment uh, I start that movie. And guess what? I, the, the opening crawl of Rise of Skywalker ain't my favorite of all of them. It, dead speak, everything. It ain't my favorite. But then it fades away and we're going to Exegol and we got Palpatine going, I can give you everything this is what it's about the evil wants everything they want to take it over and they've been waiting to take it over and palpatine's back to finish the job and then click to that this whip bang whiz bang whip bang whip smart adventure whatever you want to call it. a lot of whip a lot of bangs a lot of a lot of fun you got claude you got this you got these characters we love we got chewy we got dejeric and then bolio comes along and says win the war which is the point it's what we want and it's nine films of of this story of good versus evil and the choices that we have to make underneath it there so it's not just a fun character moment in poor bolio but it means everything to me it's it's the it's the title of uh, it's a title a thesis set, statement of the entire essay of star wars We've got evil that wants to take it over. We got to fight against it. We got to win that war. And we're going to find out how you win that war. I love that moment. That is a great summation of the power of those first two scenes, especially back to back. You get the absolute horror show evil, and then you get the commitment of the light side to stop the evil. And you get that great contrast from like uh, a half dead, uh, rotting jerk (laughs) languishing (laughs) underground to uh, three buddies uh, playing a game, you know, it, it just in terms of like their activities and their locations, there's a great visual contrast, like, you know, the the, the dark and the light. <laughs> love that. Yeah. And then and quickly, I'll go to Solo and the Savarine standoff. If I just want to, I love the way that looks and feels and everything. And I love Infos Nest. We know that a lot of us do here. Uh, and then the, just the third act of Rogue One. I'm not joking, folks. I, I will talk about Abiratus coming out of hyperspace and I will start crying and, and you can make fun of me all you want. I don't think any Force Center friend is going to make fun of us, but that that all that moves me on a level I I, I couldn't fully under explain uh, explain and, and that third act I always say it's some of the best Star Wars that ever Star Wars and because it has the cool battle stuff that you 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 and I talk about and we all love but because of the stakes and because of what it means uh, for the bigger story so those are my final two 
Yeah, there's so so many great uh, great moments. Yeah, uh, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll throw one in because uh, the other day when it was the solo anniversary uh, anniversary of the movie, I didn't have time to watch the whole movie, so I just uh, I watched the beginning and then I let it uh, kind of play in the background, uh, which I don't often do, but just kind of uh, yeah. touched in every once in a while. Uh, uh, this is uh, funny because it's literal. The beginning of Solo sparks joy in when he's literally trying to spark the light <laughs> to steal the car. Just like here we go. It's just it's a great visual storytelling. This is this guy who's just desperate to to get a little bit of uh, hope and light in in this dark era, and it's right there in the beginning of the film visually. I love it. That's great. Yeah. All right. We are going to move on to the some moments from television shows uh, that reconnect us to our Star Wars joy. Uh, Ken, I picked two. I was really trying to limit myself because I, I knew I'd go out of control. Uh, but you you feel free to share as many as you'd like. I'm dropping things in my studio to get to my list. Um, no, I'll tell you what. Um, moment, we talk about it a lot. We did the scene by scene. We just talked about it. The, uh, the, the Maul Kenobi twin sons episode. Now, I don't. I, I want to make sure I love Rebels as a series. I don't want to say uh, that 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 whole series gave me these two uh, characters <laughs> I already knew and, and just focus on that. I don't I don't take anything away from Kanan Harris. I mean, Ezra, uh, Zeb, the whole the whole Chopper. Sorry, Chopper, the whole bunch. Um, I love that moment. It just reflects so much of old Star Wars meeting with new Star Wars in this medium that wasn't fully uh, explored, other than droids or Ewoks back in the day. It's a powerful reminder of the sto- the, the, these stories. Why we're so happy Star Wars is still going that even after the the prequels, we we wouldn't think we would have got this opportunity. So that twin sons moment, the passing of Maul, the final fight and everything, what it means. It's great. And then uh, I do love the Ahsoka Vader stuff too. Again, I'm I'm citing rebels, but it's (laughs) not really rebel centric. So we'll put that. That's there if you want to discuss it, but um, two final moments for me. Uh, chapter two of Mandalorian, which is um, still my favorite episode, which is the uh, the, the, the Mudhorn episode and the, the Suka Suka episode, only because I never, I just, I can't fully explain, even though we're podcasting, I can't fully explain with words, the curveball that episode was to me and my dawn, dawning on me, just this realization of, oh, this is what they're doing. And wow, I love it. And wow, it's so Star Wars, but it's so also different. And it's such a poem and it's such a this and such a that. I And, and it's but Jawas and a sand crawler and all those things I grew up with. And now I know Jawas have a patio up there. It's so great. But that, that whole episode, if I just want to tap into the mystic, uh, the mystical joy of Star Wars and maybe perhaps the mystical purpose that star wars sometimes serves i'll go to that episode it's a really good choice i I was i was very close to just going with uh with that i i was torn between all sorts of grogu moments (laughs) oh Uh, yeah Yeah, but yeah. yeah just that episode two chapter two uh it has got so much going on the seeing jawas in a new light with their patio and and wanting their egg (laughs) their zuka (laughs) but yeah just that that story that has the real gruff down to earth uh, lived in universe joy of star Wars of this, you know, badass bounty hunter who's just having that episode could be called Din Djarin's crappy day, right? Where it's just, mm-hmm. that's uh, that connected to me right away. I just, I feel like I'm watching the coolest guy in the galaxy try to get his printer work. He just can't get anything done that day. And then to combine that with the revelation of this, connection with this mm-hmm. young you know charming 
uh, thing that is both needs protection and is a protector. There, yeah, there's just so much to to connect to in that that first chapter or that that first chapter that truly reveals the connection between Grogu and Din. So the second chapter, um, yeah, growing, going off that, I think one one of my uh, TV show moments. You know what? I'm going to cheat. Uh, mm. Two two moments, but both are Grogu's cute little hand. <laughs> and one is the depth. Um, uh, I love everything in that Luke Skywalker chapter, but man, just the pure emotion of Grogu reaching out and touching Din's face. Mm. You know, it, it goes to so much emotion of Din's journey with his mask, Din's connection to Grogu, uh, n- needing to let go, but Grogu kind of wanting to to touch his dad's face before he goes away for a little while. Yeah. And then you take that giant step back and go, this is about a made-up bounty hunter guy who wears a helmet and a puppet. <laughs> and it carries that emotion. And that gets to me of like the, one of the reasons that I find Star Wars so joyful is that mix of the, uh, the profound and the absurd of it's these deep human emotions told in this just bonkers, weird way, you know, visually and aesthetically. And that's a great moment of that. Um, and then the other Grogu's hand moment is just honest. It, it's, it's not a huge moment, but it's just a moment of, of humor. Uh, it's the cookies. It's, I love mm. that Grogu steals the cookies from the other kid, but sometimes when I'm cranky, I just think about the way Grogu just puts his hand out and it isn't a demanding give me. It's a, well, what if you gave me one of those? That just seems like it's the right thing to do. Give me a cookie, right? <laughs> I just love the way he's like, cookie me, come on. <laughs> it's joyful. Uh, so so that's a, the Grogu's hands moments are, are one of my TV show moments. Of Did you have more? Just what general it's not an actual moment, but I was trying to I was trying to represent the Clone Wars in this. Yeah. Uh and I I just say any big great Clone Wars battle, and what I mean there about that is 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 um the pew 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 of it all is something that's valuable to us as Star Wars fans, and it's part of why we're here. The war in Star Wars is is uh there's deep things behind that, but then there's also just the playground fun, as you uh, even touched upon already here today, Joseph. But in 2008, and I didn't see the, the movie in the theater. You did, and we both, I didn't even need to see it in the theater, but we both had similar feelings. So <laughs> what, what's going on here? And why are we doing this? And, and then uh, it is early on in Clone Wars where I just, some of the action, uh, the malevolent, malevolence arc has some great battles in it and great moments, even when the ship fires. It was so Star Wars to me. I... My the the ice melted around my uh, my uh, the iceberg that was going to keep me from <laughs> enjoying this, and it was just because it was Star Wars action that I crave, and the big deep themes are there, and you start to appreciate them, and and you can dive into that, and we we have fun doing that on Clone Wars Report. I actually can't wait to get back to reviewing some of the Clone Wars stuff we've been doing, but it's those battles, it is uh, the simple things uh, that uh, that just a ship flying around, an explosion. Uh, an ion cannon making a making a great sound. I, I love that stuff, and and that helped uh, that helped me appreciate Clone Wars early on. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, uh, that totally makes sense, and I love the way you phrase it about the the ice melting around your heart. Uh, as I've said before, Clone Wars, uh, I, it did have problems uh, with the movie that I've documented uh, elsewhere. It, almost all those problems are not there anymore because I have a totally different perspective. Uh, but then when I just sat down to watch the actual Clone Wars animated show on Netflix, one of my 
highest points as a Star Wars fan of just like, wow, there's so much in here that is like so very Star Wars, uh, new stuff, old stuff. And uh, I just really went to what, what is a moment that is just like kind of don't care what anybody else thinks. This is the most Star Wars thing that I didn't ever think I would really get. And uh, this is kind of a weird one, but my mind just goes to the entire episode of uh, Clone Wars uh, entitled The Lawless. Yeah. This is the episode, spoilers if you have not watched Clone Wars, uh, this is the episode where Maul's really going to get his final victory against Obi-Wan when he's realized that Obi-Wan and Satine have a connection. So um, there, there's just so much in here that was that sort of was sort of unbelievable to me as I watched it. Like, first, all of this is happening on Mandalore, you know, <laughs> that planet that Boba Fett is kind of from, but not really. We'll get back to that in Star Wars. But, you know, from my kid's perspective, like Mandalore, you mean, but yeah. Boba Fett, Mandalorian, you mean, like there's a bunch of Boba Fett's running around. Uh, so there's that. And then it's Maul, who's come back to life, desperately trying to, to hurt Obi-Wan, who who had a love interest. And then there's just the utter power of the, the death scene where Maul thinks that's going to break Kenobi. And there's this great tragedy and this great love between Obi-Wan and Satine and Obi-Wan just being defeated, but also like you haven't, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall to the dark side and the utter power of that. Like that's the whole point is that I don't lash out in anger. I'm not that easily broken. Uh, And it is, if that isn't enough, this is the episode that ends with Sheev Palpatine, Darth Sidious going, ah, wait. And I kind of don't like that these two brothers, oh, by the way, (laughs) Darth Maul has a brother. I, I don't really like that they're doing stuff. I'm going to go to the Boba Fett planet and in one of the most epic lightsaber fights ever, kick their asses. It <laughs> it has so much that is so mind-blowingly Star Wars uh, yeah. from my entire journey with Star Wars up to that point that if I ever just feel like, you know, are you getting a little afraid on Star Wars? Just watching The Lawless, even though it's full of darkness, has so much that brings me joy as a Star Wars fan that I had to highlight that episode. Uh, that's that's great. First of all, I love Palpatine. Just Masamita, hold my tea. I must go handle something. <laughs> I I love that. You I love how you uh, you you know when you feel a little frayed by Star Wars, and and we all have that. Uh, whether it's just uh, uh, new, too much content. What do I? I'm behind on the comics. Oh God, behind on the books, or the discourse that we keep referring to, or everything that might bring you down. I love that you said that. This is a, something you can return to a little safe, uh, a little safe spot to get back to. Yeah, a really dark safe spot. <laughs> Always dark. It's a good. dark episode, but <laughs> a good one. How do you find joy in Star Wars? Well, when that lightsaber goes through Satine's heart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> When Sheev cruelly rejects Maul for not a, any good reason, in my opinion. Anyway, yeah, great, uh, great joy in the darkness sometimes. Uh, let's move on to, uh, unless, did you have any more? Uh, sir, I don't have nine hours, but yes, uh, but no, we're good. Okay, so we're going to move on to uh, <laughs> moments of joy, of reconnecting to joy in Star Wars books or comics. Mm-hmm. What do you got there? I'll start general, then go into two uh, more specific ones. Uh, celebrated moments that we've talked about here before, but um, I, I, I was such a sucker for Battle of Jakku content. Uh, everyone knows. I kind of want a, a 22 short stories of Jakku <laughs> kind of uh, book or something like that. And we keep getting we keep getting content. Alphabet Squadron shows up, uh, and now we know a little bit more of the battle. 
And I think it's because that first teaser trailer, Joseph, of just a down Star Destroyer on a dusty, sandy planet in an X-Wing in the foreground and just going, what do we got here? What's going on? And then learning that, yeah, not necessarily, Endor wasn't necessarily the end. It, it, this this happens and, you know, details start getting filled in and I, I just I just get obsessed with it and, and love when it shows up in, in many different places. Um, so a lot of it, the, but, but we really aftermath and everything really, really introduced that on, on a new level. Uh, uh, law, um, lost stars, lest, lest we forget, uh, is the first to really go there and spend time there. So yeah, uh, the first the battlefront game, but everything, but a book, book moments there. So that's kind of general. Uh, but I, I wanted to just submit Leia princess of Alderaan. Uh, it is a book filled with so many tasty little star Wars moments of a character we all love and a new way to look at the character and to go back to see her formed more by Bale and Breha and her experiences and those around her. And you see uh, Clyde Gray just does such a good job, but just the moment with Panaka just sends chills down my spine about how close uh, she could have been, uh, you know, uh, uncovered uh, there by Panaka uh, making a cell phone call to Palpatine that he doesn't get to make. Um, her wearing a, you know, jubilation dress and, and having it just connect to the prequels in episode one. And I love that. And then the Tarkin dinner of tension. It's so, it's so old school. It's so original trilogy. It's so episode four. It's so, uh, it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, ties directly into the formation of the rebellion and, and how, you know, just it, it could all be snuffed out in a second if things go wrong. Uh, so I love those moments. Yeah, you're, you're you're speaking a lot of things that I agree with. I think that book is is definitely a joyful book. That moment and the way it's written. Uh, one of the things that I went to is from that book is the moment that uh, Leia needs uh, to rescue her friend Cure, and mm. it is written so elegantly that we, the audience, know that Leia used the Force and didn't know it. That she just used it intuitively to leap farther than she should have been able, but she right. didn't wasn't able to process it in the, this moment of of stress that's just one of the most elegant fun exciting moments of mm. there's a lot in the books that honestly in all the books uh, of modern canon for both leia and padme that takes everything that is on the screen and just celebrates it and dives deeper and and uh, that's one of those moments for me for leia of she has always been one of the Skywalker twins. She has always been, uh, you know, a threat to Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. And that even when she didn't know it in the way it's written, where we, the audience, get to really revel in it without Leia realizing it is so beautifully written. Mm, love it. Uh, yeah, I think then the other thing for me I wanted to, to, to tag on is this is very strange. But one of the things in books and comics, um, books in particular, uh, that reconnect me to my Star Wars joy is Panaka, which is just yeah. so weird. And and, and but th- that is what what makes it joyful is okay. Panaka in the Phantom Menace, particularly if you're the kind of fan, are like, yeah, I I, I watch the Phantom Menace. I, I like it. I watch it every five or so years. Whatever. Yeah, Panaka. He's just kind of a guy there. He's what he's Padme's guard. He's not that important of a character, right? You could kind of dismiss him as just this. Yeah, he's this guy. Is he's an uninteresting action figure, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. But the books have taken what was on screen and, you know, extrapolated in this beautifully detailed, logical way that, of course, he would feel a connection to Sheev Palpatine because 
they're, he's the representative of Naboo. Of course, he would feel very uh, protective of, uh, of Naboo and of Padme and really attuned to the threats out there. So it becomes this great story where you can see how Panaka would go, you know, the Empire's doing things right. I trust Palpatine. I trust my old friend Palpatine to this to the point where this person who's, a, who's you know, a good guy in The Phantom Menace, you have to worry that he's going to turn Leia in to, to Palpatine because he recognizes that she's Padme's daughter. That kind of stuff I just nerd out about so hard. And, and that is really the, like, I'm deep in a book. You kind of got to trace his path through multiple different books to get that joy. And I find just such great joy into, into reading these passages that develop the logical emotional perspective of a pretty minor character from a film from 1999 yeah yeah so panaka's two big thumbs up for joy for me yeah ah oh, it's great it's great uh a final moment for me for comics uh we talked a lot of, a lot about it before but the vader boba fett skywalker last name reveal for luke mm. told over the main line but also the vader line it still stands the test of time it's still one of my favorite things i i have a um I have an interesting relationship with modern Star Wars comics. I really love them. I love that we have them. I love that I go to my comic shop and I got a stack of Star Wars comics in front of me. Uh, I, I love it. But sometimes the, not only does things don't hit, I just don't like a lot of the stuff in them. And and, and that's fair, uh, including an early moment. I, I still don't know if I fully like the idea that Luke and Vader kind of met in the early Marvel run, like before the 10th issue, you know, they have a little interaction. I'm, I'm fine with it. It doesn't keep me up at night. I, th I think it has its place and I get what they were doing, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just one of those. Like, yeah, it's not know. your favorite. Not my favorite. But the reveal of the last name of that kid that took down the Death Star and Boba Fett saying it and Vader and the, the, the window cracking as he looks out on the fleet that he, you know, uses, uh, you know, his and unlimited power, all those kind of big themes. But it's just, it's, it's a real heartbreaking moment. And it, st it absolutely stands the test of time. It's sometimes the only answer I can come up with to comics because it's so powerful to me in my Star Wars mind. Yeah, and I think that it has a power because it's so visual, right? Uh, I think some of the Vader moments have worked really well because we do get to go inside his head. We see, you know, visions, and, and, and he, he goes on some monologues, and he's got some now classic Vader lines are from... Uh, the comics and all I see before me is uh, fear and dead men. I'm paraphrasing. That's not the exact quote, but um, it, there's a lot that's there because I think Vader is a great character for the medium of comics because it's so visual. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea that I, that he is saying to himself, I can't uh, quite show my reaction to hearing that name Skywalker, but I also can't contain it. So the glass in front of me starts to crack. It mm -hmm. just tells you so much about Vader. Um, I think that's why that's powerful. My mind went to a, a, a weird Vader image. I think probably my favorite of the comics is the Charles Soule uh, Vader run. Mm -hmm. uh, really taking him through his initial moments after uh, Revenge of the Sith into becoming Vader. But a specific image that is, it, it hits lots of Star Wars buttons for me. It is so dark, so obsessive, so cruel, but also a little comic to the point of like absurdity in a way that makes vader very human mm. there's that whole arc of explaining uh, vader's castle on mustafar right and you know he's he's obsessed with building it so he can tap into these forces and you know incorrect things and you reach padme um 
so it's coming from this very interesting point, but just visually, this story is told about how he tortures these builders to keep mm. making different versions of the castle. Yeah. <laughs> and you just see this image of Vader looking at a different, incredibly awesome castle. I mean, like, no. <laughs> Another incredibly visually awesome castle. No. And it is, there's something a little absurd about it, but it's in the service of telling this very sad story about this very obsessive, broken person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Very realistic. You know? Yeah. No. Wrong wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. So that that's uh, one of the comic moments for me. Uh, any more for you or shall we move on? No, go for it. All right. So what specific character reconnects you to your joy when you're feeling really frayed and you need a character to hold in your heart? Who do you go to? Man, this is so uh, Han Solo for a lot of different reasons, uh, a lot of different reasons, uh, all different ages of him, uh, you know, which is why I love Solo Star Wars story all the way to Force Awakens, especially Rise of Skywalker. I obviously connect with them, talked a lot about that. So a lot of times it's little moments. I love a lot of the Force Awakens moments uh, of, uh, you know, going to going to Starkiller Base and I like this guy and all those kind of things. It's just very Han stuff. Um, that, that's not that's not how the Force works. A lot of those moments in Force Awakens, uh, even more the original, original original trilogy, I'd say, are my favorite Han moments. So there's that character. Uh, oddly enough, various pilots throughout the ages. Uh, <laughs> most of them don't survive uh, from uh, Biggs and, and Porkins uh, to Zev Sineska to Tally Lintra, General Merrick, a blue squad. Like uh, a lot of those. Uh, I just love it. It's just a part of it. Um Something about that, but th- this this kind of surprises me, and I, I don't want to. There's a chance you, you, you'll probably have this character on your list too, but but Ray more and more. And the reason I say it surprises me, I, I I connected with that character early on. Uh, you've often described her as an inspirational character to you personally, and I, I I'm right there with that too. But just uh, it, it, it's uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how much just her journey. Uh, changed the way I looked at Star Wars, and I was there for the the next generation coming up behind me, both in, in on screen and in in the Star Wars fandom. And if I need just some joy, I just connect to a lot of those moments because in the darkness, and there's a lot of darkness around her. I love her smile at the Akiaki Festival of, of the ancestors. I love her holding out her her hand when it's raining on Octo. I love her just saying, "Oh, the, I've never seen so much green." These these little moments because she's experiencing these moments of joy in the darkness, and sometimes that's what kind of what you and I are talking about. <laughs> when the Star Wars fandom gets tough, you want to retreat to these simple joys. I, you know, I'd love to see Ray in a deli sandwich too. I bet she loves a deli sandwich <laughs> after all those, uh, you know, uh, rising breads on Shaku. Yeah, and then so, the rations of the resistance, and then yeah, she, yeah. Uh, I can't even imagine the look on Ray's face when she tries some pastrami. <laughs> Yeah, they put meat, lettuce, veggies in bread. Like the bread itself was my meal. Now I get stuff in the bread. Wait, so um, the meatballs, which would normally be their own meal, are in a sandwich. Amazing. Three meals in one. <laughs> How many portions? Seven dollars. Um, yeah, yeah. So those are my answers. Okay, those are all very good answers. Uh, I definitely would go there uh, w- with Ray. Uh, m- many moments, uh, but the, those moments in uh, a lot of moments towards the end of Rise of Skywalker. Actually, all through Rise of Skywalker, the the reaching out to the Vexus. I think uh, you said it very well. Of there are moments where this is a character who you can see has every right is a weird way to say it. You can totally understand why this character who has very legitimate reasons to be angry at the world uh, yeah. to push past that anger 
and experience joy and experience empathy. Mm. You know, I think that is one of the really powerful things about Ray. Um, I think uh, for me, uh, of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, at different ages, there are different moments of, of Obi-Wan. I love the character because I think he is his complex and he represents so many different things and there are different things that he represents. Um, uh, mm. Older Obi-Wan Kenobi, if I just really want to uh, rekindle the sort of the mystery and the imagination of Star Wars, can't do much better than Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's the name I've not heard in a long time, a long time. And that little music trill uh, from John Williams, that's just so like, wow, there's adventure and mystery and intrigue around every corner. Uh, that that moment of Obi-Wan uh, really sparks joy. Um, the hello there moment uh, from, uh, yeah. from Revenge of the Sith, uh, that it is this moment where he knows his mission. He knows he's he's. He's got to defeat Grievous if he can, but he's also just stalling and, and keeping him distracted. And he assesses what he needs to do. And he just uh, jumps down there. Hello there. And then I love that it's become such a community thing that uh, mm. the response to hello there is General Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a moment that the community loves. It's a, a moment you can connect with other fans. Uh, I have This is one I've honestly done, Ken, after like mm. kind of a, a rough day of discourse. Um, I'm just going to look at some promotional photos of Obi-Wan Kenobi from Revenge of the Sith <laughs> and just the different cool poses with the lightsaber and that costume and the hair and beard are so on point. He looks so cool. You know, um, those are a lot of Kenobi moments. And then my, my final thing is I think, um, you know, Kenobi is a character I concentrate on talking about a lot. Palpatine, I think they represent a lot. Uh, I do love the character of Luke Skywalker. And I think sometimes I don't, talk about him as much because right, you know right. sometimes you know if people ask you what's your favorite thing to do it, it would be weird to respond breathe <laughs> drink water you know like he's so essential to any love of star wars that you know it, 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 he's just like a core thing um but i think the moments of luke there's the the twin sons we talked about but luke has has so many aspirational moments luke has those moments of we are gonna keep going or we can accomplish this um i am a jedi like my father before me that will always give me chills uh the last jedi uh you know uh, uh the rebellion is reborn today the war is just beginning and i will not be the last jedi that always is going to make like the, the hair on my arm stand up because it is it is such a story of resilience Mm. of we we have been through a lot but the light is not going to be snuffed out we are going to keep fighting for hope and joy and empathy and connection and i think uh, that is what luke ultimately really means to me as somebody who does like ray go through darkness and go through the potential of it and and always comes out with that kind of strong affirmation of we're headed in the right direction and we're going to keep going mm. Luke's a great choice. Um, I think, uh, and I know Luke's always been a favorite of yours. My, my pal, uh, our pal, friend of the show, Mark Riley, always been a Luke, a Luke fan. Uh, I think there was a period of time in, in Star Wars fandom, mid late eighties, where uh, those around me, at least kind of Luke was not a punchline, but it was almost like, eh, good. Oh, goody two shoes. Luke. We like Han. We like Vader, we like, uh, you know, this kind of stuff. And, and um, it's folks like like you and the millions of fans out there supporting Luke. And, and I just, uh, our, our pal Mark Ellis sometimes just is like, 
Nah, Luke's my favorite. He's the good guy. <laughs> like he's he saved the day. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and R2 and Mark's a big R2 fan too. But yeah, so I, I think I I love as Star Wars grew grew and continued to go on that Luke and Mark Hamill uh, got his day in the sun. Uh, you know, uh, con- conversations for Last Jedi aside, all this stuff doesn't matter to me. Got his day in, his, in the sun because I always felt, um, you know, as Harrison went went to uh, go be Harrison and, and Carrie Fisher never left Star Wars fans or anything, but just Mm-mm. you know her life and her career went different directions. There was Mark Hamill doing this amazing voiceover work, um, holding up the flame of star Wars. And when he gets back in the spotlight, it was like, this is, this is a just reward uh, for a great hero. So there you go. I love it too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a wonderful touchstone character. A uh, last question uh, for this part of the podcast. What's your music moment that yes. like, I need, I need to reconnect to the joy. Uh, yeah. what, what soundtrack do you Blair? Yeah. So, Soundtrack, well, that's interesting. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and I, I yeah. yeah, I don't mean full soundtrack, but that is another no. conversation we can. Yeah, have. that is another. Yeah, we'll, we'll have that another day, I guess, because yeah, you just gave a great pause. Um, so the the I can nail nail these quickly and go into a bigger discussion. Yoda's theme shown. Yoda shown up, but Yoda's theme, as one would expect, if Yoda shows up, to showing up in, in Last Jedi, is just powerful. I, I I've talked about, I've written a lot uh, and, and said a lot about Yoda's theme, the sound of enlightenment, but it's the sound of comfort. It's the sound of a teacher. It's the sound of a mentor. It's the sound of, of um, uh, the lesson on the journey. And it's, it's powerful when it shows, anytime it shows back up and it shows back up a lot animated, um, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker, anything, doesn't matter when it shows up, it, it, it really gets me. And I wouldn't say growing up, it's not like I was like, Yoda's theme is my favorite. And that's part of what my point is. It's it is uh it is part of your solo must as a Star Wars fan, Yoda's theme. You almost don't don't concentrate on it, just like you said with Luke and food and breathing and loving the Beatles. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, it's there. You know, what do you you know? Um I know not everyone's a Beatles fan like me, but um so, so that moment, specifically in Last Jedi, uh the rise of Skywalker, uh there's more of us Poe, there's more of us Poe, mm. boom, run over and the main theme actually gets into a movie. <laughs> like Yeah. Boom! I can't not be moved by that moment. I, I to the point of like, if you aren't, I always respect your wishes. I just, I just can't comprehend. You like, you don't like ice cream? <laughs> okay, um, that's fine. I'm gonna have to go sit with that for a second. I love that moment. And then, it, you, and you t- you started to touch upon it a little bit with your your Ray smiling and Ben being there for her and Rise of Skywalker. That whole sequence when that the fight. The fight is on. Uh, I call it Ray's rock and roll theme. <laughs> and it cuts back there and she's kicking ass and fighting. We're fighting evil. And and that theme that once started as a light little uh, uh, lonely but hopeful theme on Jakku is now like, bam, boom, bam, 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 bam. And it's just like a, the fight is on on Exegol. That, uh, that is a rock concert for me and I love it. Yeah, uh, th- those I cannot disagree with. Those are all great. Um, I definitely put Ray's theme is one of the music mm-hmm. moments because it is just so powerful. It strips away any debate and gets back to emotion. And I think yeah. that's often what it is about uh, reconnecting to joy. Um, this is also one of those, um, my, my answer for best thing in life is breathing kind of things, but I can't not do it because it's true. It, the Force theme, you know, the mm-hmm. twin sons, uh, oh. binary sons, uh, it is just so evocative of the depth of what Star Wars can mean. You know, that piece of music is so deeply moving and it's it's bound to the film and it's bound to the characters, but it's just deeply moving as a 
is a piece of music. It is so bittersweet, but hopeful. And is the so it's just a phrase of music that that for me ignites that feeling of Star Wars that uh there is a larger galaxy out there and we're all meant for something great. Everyone is meant for something more and amazing. And it might be hard to get there, but we're all connected and it's all possible. You know, uh, it really evokes all those, those feelings for me. It is not just a, it obviously has nostalgic power. So when it pops up in star Wars, it is about how it connects to other moments in star Wars, but it is just the pure power of that piece of music as well. And then the last one for me to go, uh, again, from the uh, profound to the absurd, I, I got to be honest about it. It is uh, it's that uh, hit single Mad About Me, <laughs> as we now know it, uh, more uh, uh, probably more commonly known. It's just the Cantina song, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. the Cantina song is one. It just gets to the fantastic. It is mm-hmm. 30s, 40s, you know, uh, kind of a, a smaller version of the big band sound. But it is just that kind of jazz bop but put through this weird alien filter and it is the just what the hell where am i i am in a cantina with a bunch of weird aliens and i never want to get far away from the joy of that of just the fantastic this is a weird space fantasy and uh i'm gonna watch a bunch of weird big-headed aliens play a kind of music called jizz whaling shouldn't be called that probably but it is because it's just joyful and weird so i gotta include uh, the cantina song uh, I, uh that's a great answer that's a great answer um the, the final one's for me this is probably a bigger conversation so it will be, be shorter here we're, we're basically doing like a preview of eight different episodes of yeah. star wars ranked yeah we'll have to go back to it yeah um the question is music moments and 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 joy and, and and reconnecting to Star Wars joy, and I will go to the trailers. And I know I'm not alone in this. And I know you too, Joseph. And I know uh, I mentioned our pal Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis, if you want to know the the glamorous life of a headlining comic on the road, I'll sometimes text Mark if he's out. And, like, how's Nashville going? He's like, oh, shows are great, but I'm back in my hotel room. I, I'm eating some chips I got out of a, a vending machine, and I'm watching the Star Wars trailers on YouTube on repeat for hours again. And <laughs> That's me too. And I know a lot of people listening are like, yeah, yeah. If I need that, uh, dare I say, adrenaline shot, <laughs> like uh, stab me in the heart like Uma Thurman and hope Vic can get me alive again, and I need it for Star Wars, I'll go to the trailer, particularly the, mo- particularly the modern trailers, which I'm not alone because the first teaser is 79 million views and the main Force Awakens trailer is 107 million views currently. Wow. Uh, big numbers and the music though, not so not the trailers trailer discussion going to happen another time, but the music moments. And I love when people do like a, a return of the Jedi trailer, but modern and, and they'll basically steal or just, you know, ape, ape the format here of, of uh, the, the modern trailers because they're so good. And the music usually around the moment that says this Christmas, <laughs> so there's usually some really drum big percussion based version of the force theme playing dong dong and i mean i just like tears can start forming and i'm just like gosh i love this stuff and i love all the, the prequel trailers are great i think that phantom menace trailer is great but the music and the modern trailers they just it is marketing perfection it really is like uh it is the short version of this podcast of like how can we reconnect to joy <laughs> Well, yeah, if our, our recording day usually starts uh, at a certain time every day. And I was almost late because I started doing that. 
And I was like, oh, there's that moment that Rogue One trailer. Oh, but what about that Force Awakens trailer? Oh, God. Oh, there's, and you know, YouTube's got the algorithm worked in. So it's like, oh, you like this? Watch this one. And I looked up and it was 11. I was like, oh, damn it. I got to get the link to Joseph. I got the cord. <laughs> yeah, that's such a, you were telling me that off air when we started. And like, that is a great tip that I am going to take. It's just, just watch the trailers, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a really good one. Uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break and we will be back to discuss more ways to reconnect to the joy of Star Wars. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. 
Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138. back to finish our discussion of moments, ideas, little pieces of plastic that reconnect us to our joy in Star Wars when we were getting a little stressed. Uh, we talked about a lot from the films, from the TV shows, from the books, you know, kind of from the, the storytelling. Now I want to talk a little bit about all of those parts of Star Wars that uh, leap off the screen or the page and into our physical life. So I want to start with, Ken, is there toys, uh, merch, uh, an object of any kind that physically exists in our world that you go to to reconnect you with the joy of Star Wars. Oh man, that's uh, that's great. Um, yeah, you um, you. Well, I'll start here first, and you touched on one earlier, and and it's a perfect place to bring it back. But so I do love a lot of the books, big coffee table book, the art of books, all those kind of things. And I've just been obsessed with the Star Wars archives book, and I'm still going to get myself the uh, prequel special edition one that's out. Um, I have I have the big one, which again is so you could do a good set of uh, bench pressing with it if you need to. It's so big thing, but I, so so I can't move it. It's not like a, you bring that book into bed and read it till you fall asleep because you'll probably be crushed in your sleep. <laughs> uh, so just have it. I have it. Oh my god! And I'll just thumb through it and I'll just read a page or two, and that just reconnects me to the behind the scenes stories and uh, not in a way where you're analyzing it and cr- criticizing the films because of behind the scenes stuff, but just like part of the the legend and the ur- urban myths and uh, around the making of the original trilogy that, that uh, just become the playground knowledge you all share and the behind the scenes stuff or just the, the posters, the aftermath, the large crowds of Chinese theater in, uh, in uh, 77, mm. all this kind of stuff that really helps as well. Um, the behind the scenes, the fun that, which is again, why it's a big industry, right? <laughs> like I, I keep looking at those, um, uh, our, our uh, listener friend uh, Sean Arnold uh, for my birthday got me uh, the the tops books I've mentioned before. Mm. I, I just pulled those off and just flipped to a random page in Return of the Jedi and look at a tops a picture of the tops Return of the Jedi trading card and 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 it transports me back to the moment I had that in a pack when I was seven. And yeah, I pulled it out, you, you know, that, smell the gum, right? Oh, just the gum stain on the on Bib Fortuna's <laughs> face, you know. <laughs> Uh, so I love that. So that's that one there. And then uh, I have another one if you want to touch upon in a second here. Yeah, yeah. No, this is the one where I most need to contain myself uh, <laughs> because a, a big connection uh, to the joy for me is the uh, the action figures, the toys. Um, so I'm going to go mostly to just what's uh, on my desk uh, where where I'm recording from right now. And a lot of these I, I've talked about uh, at length on Force Center, so I'll keep it short. But on my desk here, just a little tour of Jedi Friends. I have my Yoda from The Empire Strikes Back. Yoda with hard orange snake. <laughs> uh, you know, is uh, he's been with me for so long, and he's uh, he is standing right next to Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan Kenobi. Just a great action figure. In particular, uh, this is the pilot version, but I don't have his little headgear on. It's just uh, Obi Wan with his lightsaber, and then I have uh, the Last Jedi Luke, the just the basic three and three quarter. Uh, I've 
told the story many times of uh, when it was announced that Disney was buying Star Wars and it sounds like they're making more movies with the original cast. The first thing I thought is, my goodness, there will be a new Luke Skywalker action figure. <laughs> and I waited and I waited. And now this figure, you know, it sits here and, and uh, represents lots of what I love about Last Jedi and what I love about Luke of you know, making mistakes, but finding a way and being creative about finding the way forward and saying, you know, I'll find a compromise. I will do what other people need me to do, but I will find a way to do it in the way that is true to myself. Mm. Uh, so I think of all that. And then finally, I have uh, from the vintage collection, three and three quarter uh, Ray from the Rise of Skywalker uh, out of the package. And all these are out of the package, which I don't often take uh, figures out of the package. Uh, I usually have doubles when I do. Um, but I wanted this Ray just out and living her life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's there by uh, Last Jedi Luke. And a friend very kindly gave me a, a bottle of uh, Skywalker wine uh, that mm. Lucas makes. And when we popped open the cork, uh, my wife and I popped the cork open uh, on uh, May the 4th uh, last year, not this year, but the year before. And it says uh, the word Skywalker on the cork. Uh, so I have that cork right at Ray's feet. So when I look over, it's <laughs> Ray Skywalker, which yeah. as always, I know that doesn't uh, create joy for some fans and I respect that. Uh, but for me, it really does. It is a, it is a story about um, choosing who you want to be. It's a story about fam, family. It is uh, this completion of this journey that, you know, mm. Luke's saying, I will not be the last Jedi. It's because he believes in Ray and he believes she'll do the right thing. And, and she gets, uh, taught uh, by Leia and it is the connection it is the promise of you know learning uh, from the past and, and finding a way that works for you to take it into the future that's what Ray Skywalker means to me and, and I love looking down and seeing it on my desk every day in a combination wow. of plastic and a wine cork <laughs> <laughs> hey there's joy to be found everywhere that's beautiful yeah yeah uh, and then quick one that people see uh, when I post pictures of my drink I really love my Jedi coaster it's just it's yeah. a, a coaster that somebody made. I bought it at Dragon Con. It's got the Jedi logo. Uh, it it makes me enjoy my cocktails even more. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, and uh, you've got you've got a few more. You said. Well, no, just one more. Uh, and and it is just so you say toy or merch or object that reconnects you with Star Wars joy. It is for me and millions of people lightsabers. And you talked about it earlier, which is even loving the the lightsaber fight, the fighting and Phantom Menace. I'm looking at the, my 1995 Power of the Force 2 Luke lightsaber that I still have with the same batteries somehow magically still in it. Never <laughs> changed the batteries. That it's is the will there. of the Force. There is. Um, the one right in front of it is the Kylo Ren uh, 2015 um, uh, lightsaber, the one that caused all the controversy. I have that one. I know you have your Galaxy's Edge saber. Mm -hmm. I have um, uh, some gifted. Uh, Grace and I have some in our living room. And it doesn't matter, man. Uh, me, you, any Star Wars fan. This is the power of those those uh, those dang uh, weapons from a more civilized time. You put them in your hand, and the sounds, uh, the whirring, the, the the clashing of the sabers, the hope, uh, the adventure, the fight for good, and maybe the fight for evil. If you want to wear a dark cloak, uh, and you because you can buy those too. Uh, it's just powerful. It's powerful. I've said this before. We are all Star we are all Star Wars kid. That that the 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 kid that uh, uh, unfortunately got that trampled in that viral video that's so famous um, and made fun of and everything. We are all him. 
We are all him because you put a light, a flashlight in our hands, put a cardboard tube in our hands. We're, we're, we start pretending we got a lightsaber. It's a simple joy and it never goes away. It is. That might be like the best answer. We'll come back and underline it at the end, maybe uh, <laughs> just as a, as a tip of what brings you uh, back to the joy of Star Wars lightsabers period and that is a thing that i have done with all the various action figures and images i have uh with books you know and i've got other non-star wars things in my apartment as well but by the time you add up the action figures in the books uh, there's been days where i'm like wait from exactly this spot how many lightsabers can i see <laughs> yeah i have I, I don't know exactly how many lightsabers, but it adds up quick. I have at least a minimum of a hundred lightsabers yeah. <laughs> in yeah. my apartment. Yeah, straws, pens, uh, chopsticks. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, a, a fork, spoon, knife set that's lightsaber hilts. Like you're, you're right, <laughs> they're everywhere because they are. You, you said it very well. They are just the the symbol of everything that Star Wars can be. Yeah, so great. Uh, all right, let's move on then. I guess this is kind of narrative, but it feels a little different to me than uh, comics and books. But I wanted to ask if there was a video game moment or memory, either a, a moment from a, a video game or a memory of playing or buying a video game. What video game moments uh, connect you to your Star Wars joy? Yes, this is this is great. Because, yeah, this uh, this can go a lot of different directions. So it's it's uh, the original Battlefront games. Uh, I, I've talked often, but just associating Battlefront Two, the original one in 05, um, and being on Mustafar and hearing Padme's ruminations come up during the game level I was playing, and just going, "Wait a minute, may, maybe I, I, I maybe I like this Revenge of the Sith and these prequels more than I'm admitting to friends right now." Like it, it just seems so Star Wars to me. And I, and a lot of times you could play that level and that piece of music doesn't pop up, you know, whatever it's random. And, but that, when it would, and it would happen a few times, that just brought me this joy. It was interesting because it was like, it's like the force calling to Luke at the beginning of the last Jedi novel of Luke shuts himself off and the force is like, great, I'm going to get you in a dream. <laughs> I had shut myself off to the joy of Star Wars a little bit in 2005. And here I am playing this video game almost out of due diligence as a fan and uh, having a PlayStation 2 or whatever. And, <laughs> and, and Star Wars is like, oh, we're, we're going to get you. Don't worry, we're going to get you. And that moment on Mustafar, this, this Padme's Ruminations isn't the most hopeful of music in Star Wars. No it just felt like star Wars. And I was like, I missed it. Or maybe I didn't miss it. It was there. And I just got to let myself connect to it. So there's that, uh, a lot of moments in the modern era, even, even a game, like I'm not a huge fallen order fan, but there's some, some moments of just action where it's like, wow, that was really cool and smooth and just felt good. Um, when you finally learned to button mash a force jump correctly, you're like, I, well, I run, I ran on that wall and didn't die. Uh, there's those moments. So there's those moments. Um, but in terms of, um, like a little narrative. I, I no secret. I, I, I love the character of Iden Versio. I love the story of Battlefront Two. When she changes sides, when she, when she, uh, and the whole protectorate Gleb sequence and everything, and she's on um, her home world and Operation Cinder's going on, and her dad sent her down here, and she's like, "This ain't right." And Del Miko's like with her too, and, and Gideon um, is not with him, and 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 she she. She turns sides. She she leaves the empire then, and that level, and you got to go and you fight the walkers, and you're trying to escape the city, and trying to get back to the the Corvus, and everything. Like it's a great level, but just narratively, it just grabbed me, and and it does happen pretty quick in the game, which is one of the criticisms. But that's not the the writers' faults. They wanted a couple more levels in, but but they they, they had to shorten it all up. 
but it's there. It's happened, and it's it's powerful for the story. It's a powerful of a, a daughter of the empire, quite literally, um, uh, choosing right, choosing the light side, and, and going with her, her gut there, going with her feeling connects to bigger things than Star Wars for me. And that that anytime I feel I want to play Battlefront two, I love the Luke level. We can talk. We talk about it a lot uh, here. I love that level. Uh, as everyone knows, but I, if I, if I'm like, Ooh, I think I actually want to play the story mode again. It's that level in that moment that I go to. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Uh, you, you're talking about a lot of really great things that there's a lot in, in the battlefront narrative, uh, battlefront two narrative, uh, that are really powerful for recent memories. Um, I think for me is, a, a video games, because they're a thing that you kind of sit and spend, you know, a lot of time with. And particularly for a lot of my gaming life, uh, it was, truly a solo activity of yeah. uh, not Han Solo, but an activity of I I am now shut off from the world. I'm kind of dealing with the the victories or the defeats I've had. And here's how I sit alone and process them is, is kind of just being alone and immersed in this story. Um, and I had a, a real uh, not great breakup. I remember being really depressed and feeling like one of those kind of depressed where you're just like, uh, the, the sun is out, but it doesn't matter <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, uh, how are you going to reconnect to joy? Honestly. Um, and I, I went out and I bought myself, uh, a cherry pie that I was supposed to bake at home and, uh, the dark forces video game Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. for the PlayStation one. And I burnt the crap out of the cherry pie <laughs> and that didn't work, but I ate it anyway. And, uh, and then I started playing Dark Forces, and at first I was like, this is not the most amazing, but that is such a weird, immersive game. I got so into it, and it, Dark Forces and Burnt Cherry Pie were like the things that kind of helped me cope with a dark time <laughs> and start to like just kind of come back to life and, and find joy. You know, that, that was a time where Star Wars was really like a, uh, you know, it, it wasn't or couldn't be my main thing in life at that time. So it was a thing I disappeared into to find joy. And I did in a video game called Dark Forces. You know, <laughs> love that. Um, another one for me uh, is a, a, a memory that is full of both joy and shame, so I can kind of reconnect it, uh, to laugh at it. Um, this is from Rogue Leader on, on GameCube. Um, right. At this point, I had a lot of friends who uh, loved games. We all got the GameCube uh, together. All got our GameCubes. We spent just a hideous amount of time uh, playing Super Smash, uh, Super Brothers Smash together. Uh, uh, and uh, the um, Rogue Leader game was huge. I, I, you know, it came out before the actual GameCube. And I had the game for like a week before I had the GameCube just looking at that disc going, I know there's fun in here, but I can't get to it yet because the actual GameCube hasn't come out yet. Uh, so then I'm playing through it and I finally get to the level that is just the massive Endor battle. Um, right. and I'd never played anything like that in a video game. I'd never, I'd played all sorts of star Wars video games and, and, and for in the technology for that time mm-hmm. was like, I finally feel like I'm truly in the battle. There are so many tie fighters and tie interceptors. Like if you turn too fast, you just run into one cause they're everywhere. They're, you're, you're swarmed, you know? Uh, so I love that level. The night I unlocked it, um, my girlfriend at the time, uh, had a relative visiting and, you know, I was just like, I'm going to play a video game for a minute and then I'll, I'll come out and be social. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was off doing a show. So I was like, you should be polite and hang out uh, with this person. And I just didn't come out of my room. <laughs> like, I unlocked Endor. I can't go anywhere. So it's a shameful memory, but also a joyful memory. Yeah. 
you got to come on. You got to complete it. You got to complete it. (laughs) It was just so like uh, I've taken my first step into a larger world, that particular level. Love that. Yeah. Great. Uh, final one for me is a fast one is, you know, I, I've got a lot of joy out of playing uh, Battlefront 2, all the multiplayer stuff. But uh, in terms of highlighting moments that are about celebrating just the weird, the alien, the fantastic, the absurd. I've had so much fun uh, playing Bosk and running around mm-hmm. and, and him uh, throwing the Dioxys grenade and saying, Dioxys. <laughs> breathe death. Yeah, it's just so absurd. And I love it. Yeah. Any other video game moments for you? Well, you mentioned so going back, like I, 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 the first one that I, you know, I remember going to the arcade and the Star Wars one, we all, uh, you know, I, you know, remember those days too, but like uh TIE fighter, you mentioned like Dark Force, Dark Force, but there's that mid nineties era. I didn't play a ton of them as, as much as other folks, but uh TIE fighter was one. I, I, one particular day just lost myself in the game. It was like nine, 10 hours early morning. <laughs> You know, it was like I was at, it was after high school, college. Yeah, I was working the radio job so I could get off at 10 a.m. and maybe came home and I'll have a snack and play TIE Fighter. And just it's like 11 p.m. My dad's like, can you get off my computer? <laughs> <laughs> I have actual work to do, kid. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's great. That's great. Uh, OK, our next uh, category then uh, is something that I know you have a lot of, and that is articles of clothing. Is there any article of clothing that helps you uh, get away from the stress of Star Wars and reconnect? Yeah, I, you know, um, it's weird. I do have a lot. Um, and so, you know, I just did the thing. I just bought that Rebel insignia baseball cap that's working real nice for me. Love that. Had the Imperial one for years. And yeah, I think you said it really well when I was telling that Star Wars adventure a couple weeks ago of finally getting the Rebel insignia hat because I've started to get some looks on the Imperial one there. It just... It, it was, it still is, but it was even back in the day, just an invitation to talk about Star Wars. Uh, and for me, why it meant so much, so much to me is uh, I got that the first um, uh, Imperial insignia had around 2014, 2015. But I was, you know, working in the old day job that did not reward that world, loving that kind of stuff very much. But also I'm a big sports guy too and everything. So I've had a ton of baseball hats. I wear hats all the time. But I just never really had a Star Wars hat. And so I remember thinking, like, why haven't I? There's got to be Star Wars hats, right? And, you know, this is obviously, yeah. Um, but I hadn't really thought about it. Think Geek was dot com was the thing and everything. So I, when, I, when I got that hat, and it was made by New Era, just people that do all the baseball hats, I just was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, I could put this on my head and represent this silly movie series I love so much, just like I could represent my, my New York Yankees or other sports teams I've rooted for over the years. This is great. It was a novel concept. That's why it brought me so much joy. It still does, but especially in 2014, 2015, why I wouldn't take it off my damn head. <laughs> yeah, just, why it became a part of your look. Yeah, well, it, it, it did. And the other thing for me, like the T-shirt thing is coming up. My style in Star Wars T-shirts sometimes has changed. I, you know, there was the the early 10, 2010s, Ripped apparel, uh, crossover tees, and you know Darth Vader serial T-shirts and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I do like a lot of those. I still get um, our pal Brian Ward has got some great shirts on T Public. We've we've got Force Center shirts I like to wear. That kind of fun vibes to them. But I, I I'm now kind of in a minimalist Star Wars thing. But the, one of the shirts, uh, my, my pal Mod Garrett got it for my birthday in 2014. It was uh, the the black T-shirt with the the X-wing in like the uh, it's like a hand-drawn like visual uh, pre-vis type of uh, uh, design, and it's uh, I still have it. Some days I can fit into it, other days I fit into <laughs> it uh, a little more snug. 
I still have it. It still shows up in promo pics of mine. And it's just, that's kind of the Star Wars clothing aesthetic I go for now. Where like, is that Star Wars? Oh yeah, it is. Hey, conversation then begins. Uh, and I still love that shirt. Yeah. Oh man, those are some great ones. Um, it's so great that you you bring up your your iconic uh, <laughs> uh, baseball cap transitioning uh, now from the Imperial to the, the Rebel. Because I think that is one... Uh, I'm not a huge baseball cap guy. My connection to baseball caps, Ken, was I thought it was cool that uh, Axl Rose wore one backwards when I was young. That's <laughs> that's right. That's what baseball caps meant to me. I was not good at baseball. I tried a little bit in second grade, and it didn't go well for me, and I stepped away. Uh, but when Phantom Menace came out, you know, I had my, my qualms mm. and made my jokes, but I loved it because it had lightsabers, and I loved, uh, you know... Uh, the Kenobi and Maul fight, as I talked about at the top of the episode. Uh, so I got this baseball hat that uh, says uh, Sith Lord <laughs> on the mm. front and then has uh, uh, Maul's double-bladed uh, lightsaber. And then on the back, it says Jedi do not concern me. <laughs> and <laughs> I kind of, I, I really bought it and then wore it incessantly as a real, I don't care what other people think I'm wearing this. It was a period in my life where I was really, you know, out of my own, I was doing a lot of comedy and I was feeling really the confidence of be yourself, you know, because I had been, there had been times in my life of like, don't don't wear a, a Star Wars baseball cap and don't wear it backwards, which at this point people are already making fun of. And it was just, I think, a little uh, talk about reconnecting to joy is just like, I don't care this. I think this baseball cap is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason I like it, but also reflects the part of this star wars thing that i really did love kind of love that star wars is everywhere even if uh, people are are having a lot of strong opinions about phantom menace and i just i wore that around for a long time uh just uh to not worry about what anybody else thought and just have joy in my silly sith lord cap we all need a silly Sith Lord cap. <laughs> a silly Sith Lord cap. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes every once in a while I come across an old photo of like, yeah, <laughs> yep, that was those several months where I was always wearing that baseball cap. That's great. Uh, and then for, for modern stuff, I'm going to need to get a new one soon. I always like uh, the T-shirts that aren't too busy and have just mm-hmm. like something, some good iconography. Just it yeah. sums it up. And the Rebel Insignia T-shirt is one of my favorite shirts. It's one of those shirts that the insignia itself, it's in red, but it was already a little pre-faded. Now it is very much post-faded from actual wear. Uh, But I wear that a lot for shows. I wear it a lot for conventions. I wear it a lot just when I want to have um, a good day. It's it's one of my, like, I want to have a good attitude. I want to have an attitude that I can get things done. I'm going to put on my Rebel Insignia t-shirt. So that one really brings me joy. That's great. There you go. Uh, any any other uh, articles of clothing for you? Probably too many, uh, but uh, and I'm always looking for more. I can't wait to get back to Galaxy's Edge. Who knows what I'll come away with? Yeah, exactly. I just thought of some more that I'm not going to talk about. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll have that uh, conversation uh, some other day about Star Wars underwear. My mind went to Star Wars underwear. <laughs> we can do a Star Wars ranked on that maybe uh, if you are open to it. Anyway, uh, one of the final things I want to talk about here is. Just um, real life moments. Uh, maybe they're at a convention. Uh, maybe they are on the playground or at the bar. What are your personal real life interactions that you flash back to uh, mm. to ground yourself in your love of Star Wars? Yeah, so I'll, I'll list um, 
three uh, moments from the three celebrations I've been to, 2015, 2017, and 2019 so far. Uh, uh, we're working our way towards uh, 2022. Uh, so uh, i work my way back. I, I've talked about it before, so no need to go into full detail, but uh, the day after the Rise of Skywalker panel, or maybe it was later in the day, gee, memories are just... Uh, they're just fog, aren't they? Um, but we're, you know, the, the the Rise of Skywalker panel had happened. The trailer was revealed. McDermott had walked out. All that kind of stuff, which is as powerful in its own right, obviously. Uh, the next day, being on the main convention floor, and and the teaser trailer for Rise of Skywalker played, and just everyone stopped. Hmm. Sound stopped. No more cash registers going. No more slurping on sodas. No more screaming of joy. No one, hey, Bob, I'm over. Everyone in that direct vicinity stopped and we all watched the trailer and I started crying right there on the floor. <laughs> and it was not just because of the trailer, but that's where you really felt now. Rise of Skywalker, what has it turned out? We'll go on to continue the tradition of controversial uh, films in the modern era. I understand that. But I, I go back to that moment. Eh, we're all there for one thing. The joy of Star Wars. That one stood out to me as well. Um and you, we can come back to that if you want to, but also in Orlando, uh, blessed to be there in Orlando. It was, it was a weird, it was a fun convention. It was a weird experience because I, I was there working with the Collider crew and, and that was uh, at an era where, you know, you know, we, we were known, you know, like you'd walk around, I got stopped in the bathroom once and everything. So that was <laughs> fun and it, and it kind of makes you feel important when you're not. Um, so there's a lot of those kind of memories, but all that BS aside, all of us, both the ones I worked with and just all of us fans crying over the tribute to Carrie Fisher, mm. processing that. And then the John Williams music starts playing and then, oh gosh, John Williams is there, man. I, that's uh, that's something that it was, it's, it's a bittersweet, obviously bittersweet joy, but just the, the even, so if we're there in our joys on the floor in Chicago, celebrating a trailer, we're also there collectively in our pain as mm. fans. Uh, and that that one moved me as well. Final one for me, Anaheim 2015. This was my first Star Wars celebration. I had been going to conventions over the last few years, not as long as I know you have been going to conventions for a very long time, Joseph. I, I, I wasn't, I just, I, I was in a different world and a different day job. Um, sports, their conventions are called sports games. Uh, <laughs> go to those. Um, I never really felt that till like 2013, going to Comic-Con, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was Star Wars Celebration that was something special. And I had raced back from Vegas where I was there for a wrestling convention and was in my hotel room alone. I'd come back with books, the Star Wars uh, Visual Dictionary, Encyclopedia, whatever the one that had been released, and and books and New Dawn and all these kind of things. Um, well, actually, no, New, New Dawn was a little bit later. But anyway, Star Wars book. And it was in my hotel room. And I just was like smiling. I just was smiling. I couldn't believe like, there's a bunch of people that love Star Wars. <laughs> This is the greatest thing. So those things there. I also do love you, me, Brian Ward, going around Chicago on the floor. Um, and the three of us hanging out together was was awesome too. Brian's a great guy. But also at one point or another, our little trifecta walking around there, uh, one of us would veer off. And we'd have to wait for the, the other two. We'd have to wait for the other person. Where'd Joseph go? Ah, he, he said, hold on just a moment. Where'd Brian go? Oh, he's back here. Where'd Ken go? Oh, he's looking at Funko Pops. Like we were trying to have fun, have a hot dog, get a drink, which we, we did get all those things and have a lot of fun. But our own personal little joys took over and it'd be like, boom, over there. Boom, over there. Is that a Wookiee suitcase? I gotta go. And like, <laughs> the little joys that we felt in that moment. 
Yeah, man, the that uh, whole show floor panel. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm getting uh, getting getting excited and throwing in extra words. That show floor uh, at celebration is really really powerful, and it is almost that. Like, should we have a little like uh, I don't know wrist connectors to, to <laughs> tie together the seven people who want to walk around because you get so excited and you go off into this direction. Yeah, uh, and, and it was like we were like frustrated it was just like oh it's joseph's turn to he probably saw a, a, a obi-wan with a baby figure oh he did oh he got it <laughs> yeah and there was that one point where it was like the the i think it was one of the last days like i'm hunting for that figure i want that figure yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and you were uh very kind you and brian to walk around with me um yeah those are all really great memories and i i that you're sharing um of of the convention experience and i think that's a great way to talk about reconnecting to joy is it is fine to have any amount of uh, criticism with the films or, you know, mm-hmm. debate, you know, but what was what it has been the effect on storytelling and on media because of Star Wars, like all those things should be reflected on. But um, but the undeniable truth mm-hmm. that these stories these characters the work of all these creators has had a profound emotional impact on a lot of people what great memories to just reconnect you to that right mm-hmm. you know you can when you can see a twitter you know uh trending hashtag about like you know star wars is over <laughs> and yeah. your mind flashes to being with that many thousands of people like it, it's not <laughs> And yeah. it's probably not going to be. Um, that's really powerful. Um, I think for me, this this list could be insanely long, so I'm, I'm keeping it to, to just a few. Um, doing the convention that, I, that I've done for many years in Minneapolis, uh, Convergence, uh, early memories there of, you know, the, the first one there was in 1999. We did a, a Star Wars sketch and uh, for the big main stage show and, you know, it really that was the the moment that I was really able to kind of marry what what I do with my love of Star Wars that was really uh powerful um all those memories um but then at, at, at that convention uh relatively early on Peter Mayhew was a guest mm-hmm. and Peter Mayhew obviously a, a renowned famous sweetheart um but I didn't know exactly what to expect. It was like, yes, please don't approach Chewbacca, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but he, I, my friends run the, the movie room at the convention and mm-hmm. Peter Mayhew was like, yes, I would love to do a Q and a and introduce Empire Strikes Back. And, uh, you know, I got to come there a little early and, you know, just say hello. And it's nice to meet you. And I'll just never forget this tall, kind man looking way way down on short little me and seeing those eyes and just the profound impact of there's no ambiguity Chewbacca is looking at me you know yeah and just all of the emotions that 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 stirred you know and and you can kind of spiral off into analyzing what that means and it is about the connection to the stories but it is also just about the power of this this human Peter Mayhew who did a really great acting job and how many millions of people he affected because he did such a great job, you know? Mm. There's there's nothing not to be joyful about that, I guess. Um, That's great. Uh, and then uh, a couple other memories are uh, about action figures because <laughs> that is one of my main ways. Uh, I've told this story before, uh, but my wife has always been very, very supportive of my interest in collecting action figures. She's always liked Star Wars. The sequels in this new era really ramped up her own personal engagement and her own personal love as well 
um, totally separate from from me of something that she enjoys and then therefore we can enjoy together. Um, and when The Last Jedi, that line came out that that I really loved that line of action figures and wanted to collect them all. And so did my wife is this moment of <laughs> uh, weird uh, pride of, you know, go to Target and usually stop at the action figures first, even though we're just picking up butter or whatever. And there was the moment where uh, my wife was so in on the hunt for action mm. figures that she spotted Leia before I did. And like nice. before I could even process, I was I was still kind of like turning the corner and she was like lightning fast, had <laughs> had the Leia action figure in her hands. Like we found it. We found Leia. <laughs> <laughs> we, got it. we got it. And she was a faster draw than me. It was just like a great symbol of our uh, of her going on this journey for herself, but also sharing it with me. Um oh. Yeah, and then uh, honestly, the the whole Chicago Star Wars celebration really living up to the name celebration. Many great uh, conversations, many great trips to the show floor. Uh, but yeah, that the Rise of Skywalker panel, Ian McDermott, roll it again. Uh, just the joy, the excitement, and then I had a short window before uh, the Star Wars trivia showdown live. You know which like I really wanted to have a good attitude about, you know, there's a lot to be like anxious or nervous about of like, yeah, I'm, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to say, I know the most about star Wars trivia at a star Wars convention. <laughs> yeah. Like talk about a uh, cocky, you know, uh, that I really wanted to be prepared for that. I wanted to have a good attitude. So it's just like, I'm, I'm going to stay in this place of joy and I'm going to approach the trivia with joy. And I'm just over the moon with the, the rise of Skywalker uh, trailer and Ian McDermott being there in person and the role it again. So it's just like, I'm going to the show floor. I have a very short amount of time, but I'm racing to the show floor. I'm going to get a beer <laughs> that I can have with me for the trivia contest. And in celebration of the revelation that Palpatine is in Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to find a Palpatine action figure I don't have. And just that little window of like, I so did enjoy being with other people uh, uh, yeah. going all those days that we uh, hunted for action figures and merch. Uh, but that that specific moment of I'm going to go get a beer, I'm going to grab a Palpatine <laughs> and then I'm going to reconnect with everyone. That's what I need is a beer and a Palpatine. It, it's a, a, a mission. I was on a mission uh, <laughs> with all those other people who are just buzzing about the trailer. And it's a really joyful memory. Uh, yeah, no, I, we need a, we like need an IPA that's a Palpatine IPA, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. cuts the roof of your mouth. It's so sharp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, yeah, everything about it. But that, in that particular memory of just like, the reason I, I think about it is reconnecting to, to joy answer is that was a moment where I was just in a pure state of joy for myself. I was excited about the, the movie. I was excited about the experience. I was excited to be in a place where I could have beer and action figures and friendship. What else could I want? You know, <laughs> exactly. Oh, so many wonderful memories of 2019. It was a great convention, including the, the snow day that messed up a lot of things, <laughs> but it just kind of forced you to calm down and enjoy it. Exactly. It was a great snow day in Chicago. Uh, so that's it for my, my planned questions here, Ken. I, I did just want to ask as a form of wrap up, make sure that there are any other moments that you wanted to share that maybe didn't fit into any of the categories that I came up with. Uh, if you wanted to share any other big picture thoughts about reconnecting to joy, uh, the floor is open. Uh, you know, there's this probably more moments and, you know, we could do this episode tomorrow and have different answers and, and all be just as powerful. I still think as big as Star Wars is, 
and, and will always will be now at this point. It, it's something that, that we probably couldn't even dream uh, even back in the day, believe it or not, that it'd be this big and, and this much content and this much, this much out there and these many fans to these conventions. I still love those little moments wearing an Imperial insignia hat and going to AutoZone to get some windshield wipers and the kid going, hey, nice hat. Or someone seeing my Star Wars, uh, I have the uh, the shoes that aren't Converse that, that were the Ponzu ones from over UK that are the Imperial um, lighting on the Death Star and Star Destroyers. I have those shoes and someone will notice that. And uh, I was recently doing comedy in La Jolla. One of the other comics there mentioned, uh, oh, yeah, I build uh, Star Wars Legos and I have a whole office of them. And I'm, and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a Star Wars guy and I, I have some Star Wars jokes in my set, as, as I know you Joseph has have entire sets of Star Wars. <laughs> I love those moments when it's out in the wild. Uh, it's just as powerful to be at a convention surrounded by thousands that love it. But when you're out in the wild, there is still great joy to be found of someone going Star Wars and you go Star Wars and you connect over that. That's, I think, what brings us back week after week, show after show. And I love when I have those moments. That is a really, really great answer. And in fact, uh, made me remember something from literally yesterday as uh, we're recording. Uh, my wife and I went to a bookstore and we got several different books, uh, but I picked up some copies for you and I of, uh, of Dooku Jedi Lost. And I finally picked up a copy of the Kenobi book uh, that came mm. out uh, right before the canon change because I'm really curious to read it. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, my wife uh, went into a line and, and got the non-Star Wars books. <laughs> and then I was picking up the Star Wars books. And I, I kind of realized as I was stepping up, like, this this is a big bookstore with every kind of book under the sun. And here am I with, you know, an old Kenobi book and two copies of the script of an audio. <laughs> and, you know, I had that brief moment of like, oh, boy, what kind of reaction am I going to get? And, uh, and the woman who was uh, checking the books out, uh, went ooh and i was like oh no and she was like ooh i can't go to the star wars section uh when i work in this bookstore because i will buy every one of them nice. <laughs> and yes. it was just a lovely positive and i was like yeah i was like i'm really lucky i get a chance to to read a lot of them these are the few a few that i don't have from that section so i understand and she's like that's awesome and it was it, that was the entire interaction it was just star wars star wars yeah <laughs> like you're describing it was, it was really a, a perfect lovely moment of star wars in the wild Oh, I love those moments. Cherish them, friends. Cherish them. Cherish them. Uh, last thing that I will say is, uh, I, I think we do uh, try to say it often, but we have to say it when we're talking about reconnecting uh, with joy. Uh, we are so grateful to have so many listeners who want to explore Star Wars from lots of different perspectives, from the, the just fun, from the silly to the, you know, speculating responsibly about what's going to happen to the, sharing the moments that really meant a lot to you. And, you know, a, a lot of what we do on Force Center uh, depends on on reaching out to our listeners and asking for questions and, uh, you know, hearing, hey, why are you asking that question? What, what, what's your personal perspective? Where are you coming from? Uh, and we have got over the years to hear lots of just amazing messages from listeners. And, and there have been messages over the years that have been the things that reconnect me to joy. Um, yeah. You know, things like people saying, uh, you know, the personal thing of like, hey, here's here's what was going on in my life. And I was listening to this fun episode of Force Center and it helped me. Mm -hmm. Those things that are great. But also uh, hearing every once in a while from someone about just how much star Wars means to you 
uh, we've gotten messages about, wow, I watched this specific Star Wars movie again and again in this period of my life, and it was my touchstone. It was the thing that got me through. Anytime we hear a message like that, that reconnects me to my joy of Star Wars and just that reminder of, you know, it means a million different things to a million different people, and, and it's all important. It all has value. Uh, but in particular, that there's so many people like us who are out there getting joy uh, from this weird, wild space story. Well said, sir. Great way to close. Thank you. Thank you. And well said and great lists. And uh, look, we contained ourselves pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> this has become a theme off air. Like, I, I think the second episode will be a lot shorter today. Oh, okay. Because, you know, Joseph and I, we are all every Monday, we're so happy to, but it's like, you know, we're recording all day Monday. It's a sunny day in Burbank. I, and then we get talking about Star Wars. We can't stop. Yeah, I mean that was that was the whole plan. I mean, this is the thing, Ken. We're we're going to wrap up here around uh, an hour forty. We really did contain ourselves, so that speaks to yes. our joy of Star Wars. That this this could have been a, a three hour episode, and this is contained joy. So imagine unlimited joy. Uh, we'd never leave. Anyway, that is our look at reconnecting to joy. Uh, really, really hope uh, that that if you're listening and you need to reconnect to your Star Wars joy, that you're thinking through all your moments from video games to comics to movies and just feeling that joy because that is a huge part of why we're here and why we talk about this at all. So thanks to everyone for listening. Ken, uh, where can people find us? If you want to uh, find us, you can do so on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast. You can find Force Center on several different podcast locations, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deep Breath, Amazon Music, and Spotify. <laughs> uh, merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Part of uh, joining us there, uh, you get to uh, connect with uh, our Discord server, private to Patreon supporters. And I got, you want, you want to find joy. You want to connect with some, um, you know, like-minded, but unique individual uh, Star Wars fans head over to our discord. We have great discussions, a uh, great support group. Uh, we get through the tough times and <laughs> celebrate the great times. So that's over there as well. You can follow me at catnapsock or go to catnapsock.com. Also check out the gpa.fun for what I'm doing over there with the good people association. Joseph. Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Joseph Scrimshaw. Same handle, all three places. And if you want to look into any of my other comedy adventures, uh, comedy albums, my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, the Adult Swim show that I'm a writer for, Tigtone, links to all that stuff is on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, but for now, for myself, for Ken, for that thrilling sound when a lightsaber ignites, this has been Force Center. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.